0: Well, real quick, I want to recap just uh, the the end of this series. This is the end of the series, Rules of Engagement. And the first uh, two we dealt with. Uh, essentially, conflict resolution, but the first one was in interpersonal dynamics. How do we handle our anger? Anger is not a sin we learn, but what we do with that anger is paramount to having better outcomes in life. Then the second thing we went through uh, is how to engage authority. Uh, how do we honor authority and what the Bible says about that? And it's pretty plain. When you honor authority, the office of authority, God will honor you. And then today, the third part of how do you engage in a male-female... We call this... I think what we're calling this hope is he said, she said, right? So she's going to say first, and I'm going to say. Uh, but the, the first hour, we really... And we're, we're, we're attempting to achieve this. The second hour is we are basically giving you our heart and our guts what we have done absolutely wrong over... We've been married, what, in almost nine years. Uh, we have become professionals in the arts of conflict resolution because we've had many of them to work through. And I know that none of you have ever had conflicts, so maybe I'm preaching to a wall, but uh, the reality is is that I think this is something that we need to hear. So as the Bible would say, let's give honor where honor is due. My wife Hope Kibby. Thank you. Good
1: morning. We are going to start in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles this morning, please turn to Ephesians 5, verse 22. "'Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior.' Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. We're going to jump down to verse 33, the second part. It also says the wife must respect her husband. <clears throat> now, when I was preparing this message, I had, um, <clears throat> I had intended on talking first on healthy conflict resolution in marriage and the steps in the process that you go through when you resolve conflict In your marriage and what that looks like in a God-honoring way So I had prepared that and then I had moved into preparing um, How God values marriage and I was going to show you all the biblical support of how much God values marriage so I was set. I was prepared. And last night I had um, gone to a coffee shop actually to get out of the house. We have four little ones. And so it's not a real easy place to try to get quiet and and look over your notes. So I'd gone to a coffee shop and um, it was about seven o'clock at night and God just nudged my heart. And he just, he asked me to flip it. He said, you know, Hope, I want I want you to talk about your example, your personal example, your journey of respecting and submitting to your husband. I want you to talk about that first. See, I had planned to talk about it last because I liked the idea of building toward that. You know, it can be kind of a touchy subject and it gave me more confidence to put it at the end. I was more comfortable with that, but God asked me just to flip it. So we're going to start strong this morning, and we're just going to go for it, and we're going to address that first, Um, but before I share with you my story and my journey, which I'm definitely still on, um, I just want to put this in context for you. We know that God is a God of order, not of chaos, not of confusion, but of order, and Pastor Ryan spoke last week on the topic of authority and being under authority and what that looks like. And see, God uses authority to create order. And our marriages aren't exempt. He has divine order in our marriages as well. Now, I shared with you that my plan was to talk about conflict resolution first and the steps that we go through and... um <clears throat> So as I was preparing that, as Ryan said, we've had our fair share of conflict. And it was really easy for me. I said first hour, I just couldn't type fast enough. I mean, it was flowing because we have become pros at it. And we do even know each other's lingo. And I'll just say to him, I'm like, Ryan, I want to reconcile. And he'll come to me and he'll say, Hope, I want to end this thing. But see, when we say that, what we know, we know that we're at a place where we've gone to God, where he's helped us achieve humility, where even if we don't feel like it, we want to honor him, even though we don't feel like starting that process. So when we use that little verbiage with each other, we know that we're in that place. And... Um, <clears throat> So we assume our positions in the living room and we, you know, we just have the process down. But was it really God's best for us to become such pros at going through that process? It wasn't his best for us. Now, not all conflict is bad. Some conflict is very healthy and it can bring about good results. Women, I'm not just talking to you today. I'm going to address the men also. And actually, Ryan, attaining a higher level of walking in love toward me and in this divine order, was actually birthed out of conflict. So conflict isn't all bad. But when you walk in the order that God has set forth, the conflict that doesn't need to be there is not as prevalent. Um, So before I, I also just dive into my own story, I want to make these two very important points. That if your husband were to ask you to do something that is against what the Bible says, you don't do it. God does not require you to go against what the Word says. Last week when Pastor Ryan spoke, he said that God's law trumps man's law. And that's the same in marriages. So ladies, if you're not that familiar with the Bible, read it. And not just for this purpose, of course, but read it. And I I would start in the Gospel of John and just kind of work your way back. It's important. And secondly, I want to say that, of course, of course, if you are in a relationship that is abusive in any way, Verbal, emotional. It's not just physical, but verbal, emotional. You do what you need to do to protect yourself. The enemy, and this is so sad, but why would we expect any different, right? He's our enemy. We'll take scripture and he'll take it out of context and twist it to keep us where we shouldn't be. You need to realize that God loves you and he wants you to protect yourself. So that's really, really important. I just couldn't go on without getting that out there. So again, <clears throat> verse 33, the second part, says that the wife must respect her husband. Now, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 18. That's when I wholeheartedly started serving him. So when Ryan and I got married, I was serving God. And I really wanted to honor God in my marriage. That was my heart. But I'll tell you what, this this verse about wife respect her husband, I thought, and it must have been on a subconscious level because clearly there's a period there, I thought that it continued. I thought it said that the wife must respect her husband unless he is acting like an idiot. I, di- I mean it. I really thought it was there. Or unless He's not doing everything that I told him to do and how I told him to do it. Unless, unless, unless. And you see that unless it justified my behavior. It justified my negative body language toward him. It justified my sarcasm. It justified my sin, my disrespect, my going against the word. It justified it. And amazingly... Even when we lived in Minneapolis, um, I went to a Christian bookstore, looked through some books on marriages, because I just felt like, you know, we needed, we just needed a little help. We just, you know, I just wanted to enhance our marriage, and I bought a book entitled Love and Respect, and it's a great book, a great book, how love and respect works in marriage and about that cycle. And I read most of that book, and I still thought that that verse continued, amazingly enough, I really did. Until one day, one day, God opened my eyes and he showed me that after the word husband, there is a period there, that there is no unless. And that was a huge revelation to me. It really was. So when Ryan was acting as I perceived to be an idiot or when he was doing something wrong, what I, what I started doing, and it's a journey, it's two steps forward, one step back. What I started doing is I started going to God first. Because I knew if I went straight to Ryan, and I had tried that, even if I was going to tell him in a respectful way, because I don't stuff. I used to stuff, but if you stuff it, it will come out later. It'll come out in negative body language, or it'll come out on your kids. Okay, so don't stuff. Even though my intentions were good, you know, my emotions would just start raging. So I go to God first, and I pray, and I get out my negative emotions to God. And then I ask him to empower me to communicate to Ryan what I need to in a respectful way. So that was a big, big step in my journey. A huge step in my journey. Just that simple revelation caused a lot of behavior change. But I wasn't done. I thought I was done. I thought I was doing great until the Lord started to deal with me about the area of headship and how he ordained Ryan to be the leader in our relationship. And again, I thought, well, you know what, even in this area, I'm doing pretty good. Because what I thought that that meant was Ryan has 51% of the vote. So when we have, really, this is just how I categorized it. When we have a major life decision, such as, you know, are we moving to Minneapolis? Are we going to have another child? Um, After we talk about it, after we pray about it, if we're in disagreement, well, you know what, he's got that extra 1%. But I felt really good because, you know, we always agreed on those major life decisions. They don't come into play that much. So I thought, you know what, Ryan and I, we're walking in the power of agreement. I'm undercover. I'm honoring this word But God showed me that it is a lot more than just those big decisions. And it's a lot more than just decisions in and of itself. What it is, is it's recognizing his office of authority in our marriage. And it stems out of the fear of the Lord. Not that we're afraid of God but that we are in awe of his greatness and his goodness and his wisdom and recognizing that even though this may not initially make sense to me, God, I know that you love me, and I know that your wisdom is greater than my wisdom. That's where it comes from. And how it manifests, ladies, is I used to focus so much on, you know, this respect thing, how I talked to Ryan. Oh, that was disrespectful. Am I saying this respectfully? But really, just as much, and this is where I, I was really missing it, is when he would say something to me, am I taking what he is saying seriously? And oftentimes I wasn't. See, I hadn't fully given to him that mantle of leadership. So I had this burden of every time he would say something, or almost every time, I felt this need to question it. He could have been right, but I just had to bring up the other side of the issue. I had to show him the other side of the coin before I even thought about what he said, or definitely before I prayed about it. That was an unholy need, and that was because I had not fully given him the mantle of leadership. And now am I saying, women, that we can express our opinions? I am not saying that at all. God definitely moves through us and our husbands definitely need us. But let's just look at this with common sense. And yes, it's common sense, but you know, it was hard for me to grasp. God is more often or not going to give direction through the leader, right? So just keeping that awareness in front of you will manifest in how you treat your husband. It will manifest in how you listen to him. Yet I said, it's a journey, and it's two steps forward, and it's one step back. And it's funny how just this week, Monday night, Ryan and I sat down together because we knew we were going to talk together and we just wanted to talk it out a little bit how that was going to work. And I had already been thinking about it. So I knew, okay, I want to talk about the steps of conflict resolution in marriage. You know, what are your tools? What that looks like? Then talk about how God values marriage. And then I'll get into my personal example of, you know, submission and respect. And that's how I went into that conversation. That's what I had decided. And that's fine. But Ryan said to me, you know, Hope, I just... I think it would be good if you started with your personal example first. I just, you know, that's really on me. I think it'd be really good, honey, if you started with your personal example first. And, you know, I didn't even hear him. I mean, I heard the words he said, but right away my response was immediate. No, honey, I've got it planned out. I know what I'm doing. You know, this is what I'm doing. And I I, I didn't even think about what he said. Now, is that honoring and is that recognizing that God sometimes moves through him? That, that's what I needed to grasp, that, you know what, God sometimes moves through my husband to give us direction. Sometimes it's good to listen. And more often than not, he does. He does move through Ryan. I mean, this is, you know, my eyes were just becoming open to this. So last night, as I said, I went to that coffee shop. And I started looking over my notes just to refresh, to prepare for this morning. And I was still doing it my way and nothing was flowing and I was getting scared. I'm like, God, this just doesn't seem right. It's not flowing. And I was really stressing out because like, I have to do this tomorrow. I've never preached before. I have to get up here tomorrow and God, I just don't feel comfortable and I was stressed out. And then God nudged my heart. Hope flipped the order. Flipped the order. I'm like, okay. So I started, you know I, I flipped my notes and I started reviewing this first. I'm like, I just feel so much more peace with it going this way. <sighs> I just feel so much better about this. God, thank you so much for showing me that. Thank you, God. And then I thanked him for Heidi Welch, who I knew was praying for me, and I'm like She must have been praying for me right now. Thank you, God, for Heidi. Just bless her. And, you know, I just felt so good. And I was looking it over, and then he spoke to me again, and he said, you know, Hope, I spoke to you first through Ryan. And I would completely forgotten about that. And he showed me that throughout the week as I prepared, I probably would have had more peace. And, you know, so that's just an example how ladies just, recognize your husband's office of leadership and that God does move through leadership. And that doesn't mean, ladies, that we're not important. We follow what the word says here. We don't preach it differently. But if we did not value women, I would not be up here. If we did not value women, most of my husband's coworkers wouldn't be female pastors. So we value women here. And I just wanted to make that point. But now we're going to talk to the men. So if you have your Bibles open, same chapter, Ephesians 5, we're going to look at verse 25. And I love this verse. It says, husbands, love your wives just. Now, guys, listen, okay? Ryan and I talk about this during conflict resolution. Hone in. Listen, listen, listen. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Does Christ love the church a lot? Yes, and he is calling you to love us just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water and through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. And again, it's repeated in verse 33, that the husband must also love his wife. So, men, God has ordained you as the leader in the relationship. But let me ask you this. Are leaders held to a higher standard of accountability? Yes, they are. And one day you will give an account to the Lord for how you loved your wife. And do you know what? I think he's going to ask you about that before you give an account for your job performance, how you honored him at work. This is important to God because God dearly loves his daughters, and he's showing us here how important it is to him. We're going to look at verse 28 again. It says, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. That does not leave room for selfishness. Now, I shared about myself. Brian had some selfishness. We all do. He still does to an extent. And this is a journey. I do too. But God is calling us to continual growth. Only Jesus is perfect but we are to grow and grow and grow and attain a higher level of holiness in our lives and a higher level of honoring the word. And God was calling Ryan to attain a higher level in how he loved me. It was about a year ago, a little less. It was last spring, early spring. And Jason Knorr, he was in the first service, so I kind of had fun with him because he had no idea what this caused. But Jason Knorr called Ryan and he asked him to go golfing. And um, men, is that fine to go golfing with your friends? Of course. But that particular week, I can't even remember what it was. It was probably that Ryan had worked just exponential hours at work, something to that effect. But it clearly, clearly was the wrong decision for him to go golfing. He needed to stay home with me and our children. Okay? Clearly the wrong decision. And so I got angry. Conflict. And I let him know. I can't even remember if I started out disrespectful or not, but I let him know. And I know that throughout that process, I was in prayer. I was hurt because it really was the wrong decision. He was not loving me nor our children by that decision with as much as he had been away from us. And um, so Ryan knew God had been working on his heart. So I didn't ask him, but he went to Pastor Arnie. And Pastor Arnie is his mentor. And praise God for mentors in the faith. Um, Pastor Arnie is my uncle. I am blessed to have him as my uncle. And I did not call him up and say, you've got to give it to Ryan. You've got to set him straight. I didn't do that. I just stayed out of it. But he went and he spoke with him and Pastor Ryan, um, excuse me, Pastor Arnie sat him down and he kind of walked through with Ryan, the areas in our marriage where he was really being selfish, where he wasn't loving me as God intended him to love me. Now, overall, was he a great husband? Yes. Was he a great father? Yes. Okay. But clearly God wanted him to achieve a higher level. And um, really that was a catalyst for Ryan, achieving a higher level and how he loves me and how he does not give in to selfishness. And again, guys, I'm not saying it's wrong to go out with your friends, I get that you need that, just like us women need each other. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, before you make decisions, pray. It's all about dependency on God. With our marriage, we need to be dependent on God. With everything we do, it's dependency, 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 believing that the Holy Spirit will guide us. Men, I have one last question for you. If a change needs to be made, who is to initiate that change? The leader or the one under his authority? I would say the leader, right? And this love and respect, it's a cycle. Someone needs to jump in there and get it going. And men, you start loving your wives. And Pastor Ryan's going to talk a little bit more about that. But you start loving your wives the way that Christ loves the church. Just meditate on that. A whole series of sermons could be preached on how Christ loves the church and how you could relate that to how you are to love Your wife, that is a great call that you will be held accountable for. It's a great call. But what's interesting is Ryan attained his higher level first. And then God started working on my life. And that's when that revelation of, wow, I haven't fully given him the mantle of leadership came to me. And sadly, oftentimes, it, it works the other way. But the leader is to lead. Sweetie.
0: So what she's saying, guys, is that we need to lead up, right? We need to, we need to man up. We need to lead up. And, and I said this in the first hour. I'll say it again. She's kind of the sugar for this message. Now I'm the spice. Just call me the hammer. But I'm going to speak very bluntly, very directly here on areas that, uh, first of all, some of them I've walked through that I needed to change, but second of all, Uh, Some of you, you should have seen the response in the first hour. I mean, this stuff is real. And I figure, you know what, we can't change a city. And I can't tell you to say, hey, you know, go out, you know, and and let's, let's change the city when I completely neglect the family. It all begins. In fact, the family is the very basic component of the church. If we can get you getting real with your stuff then God can do a work in you and then flip that. And the next thing you know, you really are influencing people, not so much with what you say, but by what they see. And so, men, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you uh, through the crosshairs on a few of these. But women, guess what? You get it too. So here we go. Are you ready? Number one, men, you have got to, got to, got to honor her practically. She is more valuable to, to, to you. She is the most valuable commodity you have. She's more than Alexis. She's more than your Xbox. She's more than your golf game. You need to honor her first. If she says, Ryan, or she says to you, I need to connect with you, you need to say, when, and let's, let's, let's get that done first. Because I will tell you this, if you send significant message and continue to ignore her time and again on that message, guess what? You'll reap it. And if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Ain't nobody. Men, man up on this. Number two, women, you can't have it both ways. You can't have him out there uh, winning the wars, asking him to be your hero, and you spin like a demon. You go out and you take off on everything and you say, well, I want this jewelry and I want that and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, if you want to look at Mr. and Mrs. Jones, they're broke. Now, you honor him and what he... Hey, you want him to slay the dragons? Let him. But let's make sure that you equip him to do that. Right? It's quiet. It's quiet. Honor her physically, men. No porn. No Victoria's Secrets. When you walk down the street and you see uh, a lady that basically has this amount of clothing on her, you're looking down at the ground saying, Thank you, Jesus. I love my wife. Thank you. I love my girlfriend. Thank you, Lord. And then when that thing is gone... Thank you, Jesus, you know, because guess what? She's somebody's daughter. Hello, men. Now, I've told you before that uh, back in the day, I used to look at that crap. It's demeaning to women. And guess what, guys? It's demeaning to you. You are robbing yourself of the beautiful flower that you have. And here's the cool part. When you rob your eyes of that, Instant pleasure, all of a sudden, who becomes the object of your pleasure? That is God's design for us to uh, cherish our wives. Boy, it's getting quiet. But women, here's one for you. In a marriage relationship, obviously not in a non-marital relationship, but in a marriage relationship, you cannot, women, use physical intimacy as a weapon and deprive him for 365 days and ask him if everything's okay. And all the men said, hallelujah, preach it. Right, guys? Okay? But guys, if you want her to get real with you, you need to honor her. You need to fill her love tank. You need to sit her down and tell her what a flower she is and how wonderful she is, even when she's chirping on about all of your character defects, and I know you've got them. Don't lie to me. I know I've got them. But I will tell you, when we work through these things, you begin to honor her practically, physically, emotionally. Now, guys, I know they have fears. I know that sometimes bless their hearts. Sometimes they want to talk about the fears for a few minutes and then it becomes an hour and you know, the ear has to, you know, and you're sitting there thinking, I've got, I've got got all these things and I've got wars to fight. And, and I'm saying, what what was that again? And, and, And if you don't engage her eye contact, guess what? What are you telling her? I don't care about you guys. You want to win her heart. Look her straight in the eyes. David, I'm looking right at you. I'm I'm peering right into your soul. You look her right in the eyes, and you say, you're the most wonderful. I don't care if you feel like it. I don't care if you've got your, you engage her. Watch what happens when you do that. Just watch. That's my litmus test to you. I got a couple more. Can I keep going? Yeah, we're going to get it fixed. We're going to get it fixed. Women, my wife said earlier, don't wear the pants in the family. Hello? Did she tell you about her, the, the, the weight that was on her when she was trying to be the leader of the house? Do you realize that women, when you do that, and guys, if you put her in that position, that's your fault. But when she's carrying that, and I come home, let's say I came home from work, and oh, you know, I had this fire to put out, and this fire to put out, and that fire, and I'm dump, 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 dump. What is she going to do with that? She's going to want to take it all on herself. Now, I'm not saying you can't share, but understand, guys, we were given the mantle of leadership to carry it. Now wear it. Be her hero. And women, uh, this is the other side of the coin. If you're looking at your guy and you're asking him constantly to change, what is he hearing? What is he hearing? He's hearing that I don't measure up, What does that do to his self-esteem and his respect? Let me tell you something. Call things that be as though they are, even if currently he's a little piggy. In fact, women, the more you nag him, especially the ones that aren't saved, the more you nag him, the more he is going to go into his little boy closet and play with his Xbox, and he'll never come out. We've got to let, you've got significant power in helping to release the leader that's within him. Uh, A lot of we have a lot of little scared little boys who have been wounded by life, who have seen who have seen terrible things. I don't know how many men I've talked to like viruses that get inside their soul. Little boys that grow up to be big boys that don't know how to treat a lady abusive, but they don't know what they don't know. And they're locked. But what they need to understand is that only by putting Jesus Christ first does that unlock the door to freedom. Men have a need for Jesus, but we've been packaging Jesus in the wrong way. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Jesus was very masculine. I think he had guts. He died on the cross for us. He manned up. Men, what are we going to do? And if, by the way, if he died for the, for the bride, which is you and I, men, we really don't have to complain about our lack of luxury time. And this is important. I mean, I, I know I'm being a little tough today, but I didn't get this straight. I wanted to go out and save the whole world, be super preacher guy, super preacher guy. I've told you guys this before. If it's you or it's her, it's her every time, right? If, it's, if, it's, if it comes down to it and I'm spending 80 hours a week uh, in the office and she says, Ryan, I need to come see you, what choice do I need to make? Again, Quiet. But when the rubber meets the road, guys, are you willing to make the hard choice? Because that's what leaders do. Leaders make the choice that no one wants to make. And leaders, here's the thing. If they're locked in behaviors and they're dishonoring you and disrespect you, flip the equation. Change the game by loving them first and calling her as though she is, even though she currently is not. Is this resonating with anybody so far? Last thing, our mouths. Our mouths can be weapons. Our mouths can say things to each other, wounds 15 years ago that can percolate up at the drop of a hat. How we use our mouths to each other is incredibly important. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. What you say today could reap a harvest, good or bad, down the road. So here's the encouraging word. What you may have done, what you may have said years ago, guess what? God can put it under the blood and flip the, flip the equation today. And that's what we're going to do in just a second. On the other side, women, men, you need to forgive your spouse. You need to forgive your, second, your, your significant other. If you're pursuing someone in marriage, you need to look at them and decide real quick, is this a person? that puts God first because I can tell you this if they don't it's gonna be a struggle I know many women who have men that are not saved they're struggling with this issue and I have great compassion but you are not hopeless you have a God that knows exactly what you feel you have a God that goes before you he understands The Bible says he felt everything you felt that means if there's a husband that's not serving God guess what good news I've seen it time and again it can happen but it starts if he's not saved and you're saved who holds the key to that Jesus Christ through you and you can pray them in you and your household will be saved. I've seen many marriages change. Somebody's got to take the initiative who will be the first. And that's the key, man. If you're in this relationship, the challenge goes to you. I close with this last story. Back when I was uh, first a father, this was in 2004, I was saved for about three years Loving God all my heart. First daughter was born. About two months into the deal, she's colicky. She's screaming. I'm not getting any sleep. I'm tired. My wife's tired. We're doing the best we can. We don't know what to do. Tremendous fear. And I can remember going to another room. I had had it. It was probably two o'clock in the morning. And I, I started screaming at the top of my voice. Granted, I love God. But the verbiage that came out of my mouth, blankety blank blank, I'm a terrible effing blank. Can we be real? I suck as a dad, I suck as a husband, and I took my fist and I hit a closet. Well, she wasn't in the room, and I would never hit my wife, and I would never dishonor her in that way. But I can tell you that in that moment, I was, I felt possessed. Has anybody ever been that angry? So I went into that room, and I did that. And, and, you know, we kind of laughed about it years down the road, but here's the problem with that action. It wasn't but a year or two ago, I think. My wife and I are sitting having a conversation after a conflict resolution, and she's looking at me, and she said, Ryan, you know, that damaged me. I said, what do you mean? She said, that damaged me. And then it, it hit me. She was probably thinking, who's next? By hitting that, Who's next? you get in the picture on that? That was what she was feeling. It took her four or five years to even have the articulate, to be able to articulate that. And what I learned from that is, is that we have wounds from our past that can crop up. God wants to deal with them in his timing. He wants you to be free of that stuff. He wants you to communicate through that. I can tell you when she had our second and third babies, this cropped up. Every time a baby cried, she couldn't put her finger on it, but she was in fear. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because she wondered about that last time see jesus can heal those wounds now when a uh, little charity cries she's four months old we have a grand old time don't we some whatever can grand old time can be when they're crying but uh, god can do that he can do anything he can do anything say he can do anything now believe it if you've got an unsafe spouse believe it yeah they have free will but if you don't pray them in if you don't take your initiative I can tell you what insanity is. It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. So let's bow our heads. First thing I want to do, and Hope said it right, Jesus putting God first is the number one key to life change. Now, as you've just heard, you say, well, Ryan, you guys had a lot of struggles. You've known Jesus, you love God, and you were struggling. That's exactly right. I am not saying your life will be perfect. It won't. We are a process. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, I don't really know Jesus. He's not my Lord. He's not my Savior. I, I really have been doing. I have been selfish. I've been piggy. In fact, honestly, if you were to ask me, I don't even know if I'd go to heaven if I were to die today. If you don't know, the God of all grace wants to make sure you know because he wants that relationship. He is the great corrector. He can take you places that you've never dreamed of. But if you want to know that, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. It's an awesome thing to do. Would you just raise your hand if you want to make sure that you're right with God today? Make sure. I'm going to wait just a second. Okay, number two. Here's the second part. I'm going to speak to it real simply. Women, if you have been disrespecting your husband, if you have been doing what my wife talked about, I want you to raise your hand right now. A number, of, a number of hands here. The good news is, is that we're going to pray in a little bit, and then we're going to believe for some life change. Men, here's the point. I want, now, this is where it takes guts. Guys, if you've been letting your eyes, we had a number of hands uh, raised in this other thing. If you have been demeaning your wife by looking at other women, now get real, you raise your hand right now. Raise your hand, a number of hands. See, there's some honest people in here. Hallelujah. Because once you confess it, God can heal it. If you don't confess it, it'll stay inside and it'll, it'll, it'll merit to the point where you will explode. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? There's healing for that. All right? If you're guilty, guys, be honest, of keeping up with the Joneses, you're looking at everybody else's pocketbook, you're looking at their stuff, you're looking at all of that. And it's driving you to work 150 hours a week with your head spinning. And you really haven't made time for your wife. Raise your hand right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Any other hands? Anyone? Okay. Ladies, if you have helped feed that into your husband, the keeping up with the Joneses mentality, raise your hand. A couple of them there all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to break free of this. And then my expectation for you guys is you're going to ask God to do something about it because here's the thing. You can't fix yourself, but God can. There's opportunities out there through counseling, great programs like life skills factors one out. We've got a booth out there to help start you on the journey to change. But the number one thing is Jesus. If you don't have him, you are sunk when it comes to life change. So let's pray this prayer. And repeat after me if you if you raised your hand at all it's time to get rid of that father in heaven i ask your forgiveness for treating my spouse with such disrespect for not loving my spouse the way you asked us to you've loved me so much you died on that cross for me i received that love which fills the hole in my heart. And now I walk in power for true life change. I will honor my spouse. I will protect my eyes. By God's grace, I will watch my mouth. I will walk in love through actions and words and in God's power. I consider it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's the last thing I want to say. You have a defining moment here. You've heard this word. You've heard my wife. We've gotten real. We've given you our guts. There's many, many more stories. Now, what are you going to do with your story? God has a place for you in his story. He does not want you where you're at. We are all growing in grace from glory to glory, right? And so here's what I want to challenge each and every. If you raised your hand this week, if you raised your hand today, do something about it. Go to your spouse. Go to that significant other. If, if you've been doing things inappropriately with a girlfriend or whatever, God forgives it. It's under the blood. But go to them and make it right. Amen? Amen. Do you guys receive that? little heavy? Well, we're going to see you next week. And uh, we'll have more on the building situation. But in the meantime, God bless. Great days are ahead, right? Heavy. (laughs) See you guys.